Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. The British people have had enough of waiting. The time has come to act. People are really angry out there. They're angry that the referendum's not being carried out. But they're even angrier that politicians' promises to them have been broken. Given how huge this decision is for our country, the severe consequences there will be for generations, it is time to put this back to the people and stop this Brexit chaos. We will do everything necessary to stop a disastrous no deal. You're listening to Bloomberg Westminster, your daily guide to British politics. I'm Sebastian Salik. Good afternoon, I'm Roger Hearing. And we are back after I spent the day at least out in the cold in Westminster. A strong argument against a winter election is that we are camped out (laughs) in the freezing temperature. But it was another night of Commons action. We got support for a second reading of the withdrawal agreement bill. But that programme motion, the timetable to get this through at a breakneck speed, that got voted down. And now, Roger, there's talk of an election. Talk us through where we're at. Let's see. What's actually happened in the last hour or so is there was a meeting between the Prime Minister and Jeremy Corbyn uh, in his office. Now, let me read you out what both sides are saying. The government's sources confirm that PM met Corbyn this morning in his office in the House of Commons to discuss whether Labour would back a timetable that allows us to actually get Brexit done rather than yet more delay. So that was the la- that was the side that was coming from the Conservatives. But in terms of what Labour was saying about that, they were saying... Uh, Jeremy Corbyn reiterated Labour's offer to the Prime Minister to agree a reasonable timetable to debate, scrutinise and amend the withdrawal agreement bill and restated Labour will support a general election when the threat of a no-deal crash-out is off the table. So what we can take from this, there hasn't been any progress as such, but potentially they're looking for a way forward to actually take the bill through on a more normal timetable yeah, and, and possibly that, then go to an election. Yeah, and that compromise that is quite unusual from two leaders that are at the extremes of their parties as well, certainly at the moment. Uh, in a minute, we're going to speak to Anna McMorrin. She's the Labour MP for Cardiff North. We can talk about all this election stuff with her. Uh, but first, let's talk about uh, the situation in Brussels because we're still um, waiting to hear back from the EU there, of course, aren't we, about the length of the ex- extension there have been conversations internally. Um, We should go to Ian Wishart in Brussels, who is uh, Bloomberg's man in the city. Ian, tell us, what's the EU's plan of action from here? Well, they are going to discuss over the course of the next 24, 48 hours what they should do, what sort of extension they should allow. And I think, I mean, I think we can pretty much guarantee that they're going to allow some kind of Brexit delay. But is that going to be the full three months that the UK was forced to ask for, that the Parliament forced the Prime Minister to ask for? Or is it going to be something a lot shorter? Now, the French, for example, want something a matter of days, 10, 15 days, whereas other capitals and President Donald Tusk is pushing for the full three months so that it gives as much time as possible, basically, to, to do what they want to do, to hold an election and go from there. But the decision hasn't been made yet. Now, Ian, one of the ideas that's been floating around, I know for a while it had a bit of fresh meat thrown to it this morning, was a suggestion that somehow in the background the Conservatives might persuade perhaps the Hungarians, perhaps the Poles, perhaps someone else to veto the idea of an extension, to get that through. Is, is that given any kind of credence in Brussels? 
Um, to be honest with you, none whatsoever. Uh, they are aware that the, that sort of chatter does go on. And sort of to remind listeners, it's useful to know that every 20, all 27 leaders have to agree to an extension unanimously. So it is possible that one could veto for whatever reason. But I think it's, talking to people here, they think it's very, very unlikely that a leader would veto simply because the UK asked them to. Simply because, you know, the Hungarians, for example, rely so much on EU funding. So why would they put that at risk by being, you know, going against the going against the grain and going against the rest of the EU? People here just don't think it's likely. Um, Ian, I want to ask you about Macron's role in all of this. I'm quite interested in him because every time an issue of an extension comes around, he tries to play the hard man, he tries to put his foot down, and then we end up getting something anyway. Is he just failing or is he doing all of this for a bit of theatrics? I think he's doing this because he knows it A, because he knows it plays well to the electorate in France. And of course, we've seen this all the way through the Brexit period that the French like to like to be sort of the hard men in all this. And and that plays well to the French population. Of course, it does. Um, There's also the sense they think Macron, more than anybody, believes that very short time constraints puts press puts pressure on the British Parliament to, 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 to do something. And I think there's a little bit of regret last time that they gave a, a, a too long extension and that took the pressure off. But you're right. I mean, at the end of the day, we've heard this all before. And just a, a couple of hours ago, we had a, a, an official from the French government say, no, no, we're not going to give them a long extension. We only want to give them a matter of days. At the end of the day, Macron tends to fall into line and they come to an agreement. Okay, and let's assume that they are prepared to go ahead with this. What's the mechanics of it? And we've heard suggestions it could just be done by an email. Yes, it could be. I mean, and that really depends on the level of disagreement. If there's not too much disagreement in the next 24, 48 hours, they'll all decide to do it in writing and they'll just sign it off and say, yes, we've agreed to give whatever extension. If there is a bit more disagreement, then it's quite possible that the leaders will say we can only do this by getting together for yet another uh, summit in Brussels. Um, Next Monday, the 28th, has been penciled in. So I think really it just depends on whether they can all get together and say actually we can give them three months or we can give them 15 days or whatever you know but if there's substantial disagreement there they'll have they'll have to actually do it in person and and have this argument out head to head so in what's your call then do we get the 31st of january as expected Uh, the 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 mainstream view amongst the diplomats i speak to in brussels is that we'll get the 31st of january but with the option to leave earlier so you might so that might give the prime minister sort of the alternative to say are we going to go for election if so we've got the time to do it but let's have another go at getting this sort of getting this through parliament and if we do we could leave say halfway through november and ian i suppose the other thing that's in the minds of, of people if they grant an extension say for three months or, or whatever and the bill begins its passage through the house of commons and it gets amendments put to it there comes a point surely where it's no longer the agreement that they all agreed to with boris johnson i mean that presumably is a problem that's a massive problem and that's why those people those countries will be arguing let's not just give them 15 days because we might just be back in 15 days and still be talking about something else so i think they want to give them the maximum length of time because you're right you've got labor saying let's put an amendment on saying we want a customs union you've got others saying let's put an amendment on saying we we want to hold a referendum before we pass this officially 
you know, and that sort of thing is going to take months. It's going to take more negotiations. So there's a little bit of thinking here, as well as in London, of course, let's just get this all over with. And there's a bit of pressure being put on. But yeah, you're right. Realistically, there's still so much that could deviate of that path. And who knows, we might all be back in Brussels in a few months time, reopening the negotiations and starting all over again. I just think Brexit has told us we just cannot say anything for certain. Fantastic. Bloomberg's Ian Wishard giving us that insight from Brussels once again. Thank you very much. Well, joining us now is Anna McMorrin. She's the Labour MP for Cardiff North. Anna, thank you so much for joining us. Um, Johnson left licking his wounds really after last night. What is the opposition's next move now after these talks that didn't really come to anything just a moment ago? Yeah, well, look, we saw that Johnson tried to railroad his flawed bill and his bad deal through Parliament and uh, you know he didn't get uh, we were categorically told didn't give him the go ahead to force this hard brexit on on the people um what's next is he's well he's paused the bill the bill is in essentially in limbo so we're waiting to see what the government's next move is is it we need time this bill essentially squeezing through a bill in just 3 days which, you know, the Wild Animals and Circuses Act got far more time. Most pieces of legislation get far more time than this. And in a a bill that is essentially defining the future for the people uh, and this country for generations to come. Is it about scrutinising or is it about stopping Brexit? Well, it's, it's about both, really. It's about defining what we want for our future. It's about understanding and scrutinizing what this bill is it's about then putting that deal back to into parliament to say is this what we want the deal to be but but but, but the point and then in my view the bill then that deal whatever that deal is does need to go back to the people for that final say but but that would be the very final say do people actually want this after three and a half years of this mess because we know that what this deal does is it's a hard damaging brexit for uh, okay but listen the point the point people. the point in this hand is that you've taken the bill perhaps as boris johnson puts it you've added amendments you've even said well we'll have a, a public vote that may even say no we don't want this I and mean, you can quite understand that from the government's point of view but also europe's point of view they're not very keen on this they've already agreed something with boris johnson well, look, the, what the European Union and what the, uh, the member states are saying is if you need more time for this to go back to the people, then we'll give you more time for that. But it's not that's just time. They actually need, well, need the agreement as they agreed well. it. But look, why be threatened by Johnson saying, right, we've got this last minute deal. We're going to push it through Parliament in three days. Uh, you know, it's, it might be, as we heard yesterday, a lot of MPs on both sides saying, this is, a, you know, mainly on the government side, saying this is not a great deal, but we just got to go with it. You know, why do that with, for our country, for our people? Why do we have to settle for something so deeply, deeply flawed that is going to leave us picking up the pieces for years, decades to come? And I tell you, this will not get Brexit done. That's an absolute myth. So this leaves us talking and negotiating Brexit for years and right. decades. It also uh, is a trapdoor to no deal because nothing is resolved. <laughs>
Uh, Jeremy Corbyn, the subject of one of our first stories in the papers, he's told a private meeting of MPs last week that Labour can't afford to turn down another election request from Boris Johnson. This is reporting in The Sun. This, of course, pits him against the likes of John McDonnell, his shadow chancellor, and the likes of Keir Starmer, his Brexit secretary, his shadow Brexit secretary, who want a second referendum first before an election. It's that debate going on within Labour, what comes first. Now, this brings us on to the next area, which is the prospect of an election, which we're going to uh, talk about in just a second. Stephen Glover in the Daily Mail. The headline is, stage is now set for a general election. Boris Johnson can win. He says, when the official history of the interminable Brexit saga comes to be written, not a book I personally look very much forward to reading, he says, last night's vote in the Commons may be judged seismic. Nearly three and a half years after the referendum, MPs finally voted in favour of Britain leaving the EU. Political parties, he said, exist to fight elections and win power. After last night's debacle, some will say things have gone from bad to worse. I don't believe they have, even if it's not possible to predict every step by which Boris Johnson will deliver Brexit and vanquish Labour. I'm increasingly confident that he will. Wow. Well, let's bring in Anna McMorrin on all of this election chat. She's a Labour MP from Cardiff North. Anna, I want to play to you uh, the soundbite we had from Richard Bergen, the Shadow Justice Secretary earlier on, uh, telling uh, in an interview that he will back another election, as is the party line. We are running out of time. It's going to be before Christmas. I hope it is before Christmas because I want to get the Tories out as soon as possible. So as soon as that extension is agreed, we can call for a general election. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Anna McMoran, is Labour ready for an election? Look, I think the important point here is that the issue we are trying to resolve is that of Brexit. The government is in stasis at the moment. It's nothing is happening there. We have important issues, that, for example, climate emergency, on all sorts of other issues that need resolving. Nothing is getting done. Everybody is focused on Brexit. So That's you favour a second referendum over an election? That first. Absolutely. I don't think a general election is any way to solve this crisis. It would either end in a hung parliament, unable to agree on Brexit, or one party winning a majority with as little as... But Anna, isn't that the point? Isn't that the point that you you might lose an election because your polling numbers are not good? And this is a fear that the Labour Party has. It's not a question of getting the public to decide. It's, It's kind of existential for your party. No, look... For me, a general election, and for everybody, a general election is about defining the next, who, who governs for the next five years on absolutely everything you need a UK government to govern on. That's the decision, the basis of the decision which people go to the polling booth to vote. I think this issue of Brexit, which is such a critical one, which has stopped this country from governing properly for the last three and a half years 
needs to be resolved. And the only way we can do that is by putting that back to the people. But Anna, the reality well, is that's not going to happen day. with Boris Johnson around. He's offering this election. Labour can take that. We're hearing from the leadership that they probably will take that. And then you're in a situation where Brexit hasn't been solved and you've got a threat from the Lib Dems exactly. and it, a threat from the Brexit Party. Election. But how are you going to... It becomes a general election over on Brexit, which is absolutely ridiculous. But how do you uh, sell Labour on the doorstep? Well, Labour, I mean, if I've always backed Remain because I think that is the best deal. That is our position as a Labour Party to go for a second referendum. Our position is to back Remain. Uh, we've been very, very, I've been clear on it, whilst Labour have been clear on it. That is our party policy position. That's what I would do. It is not the best way to, to, to go in, to solve this crisis is to go into a general That's election. not the platform that you ran on in 2017. That is the platform I ran on. That's why we, we that is exactly why uh, we got a huge majority of the vote. That is exactly what people are telling me but, up uh, and down the country. And it isn't the problem that it was, a, it was a referendum that got people like you into this mess in the first place, because it, many people said a referendum was the last way something like this should have been decided. A referendum Absolutely. has in fact opened a, up the big problem. Absolutely. And for me, this this is a a right-wing ideology for the right and by the right. Why I don't want to be dragged into this mess. We are in a progressive, strong European Union, which offers us better working rights, better environmental rights, and the biggest trading block on our doorstep. That's what I will be campaigning for and have been campaigning very strongly for. So why have another referendum since referendums are the problem? Well, because we have got to this... Well. You have, you have essentially only several outcomes here. You either leave with a deal, you leave with no deal, you revoke, or you have a second referendum, which is a final say. I think the most democratic thing for people who voted three and a half years ago is to go back to the people and say, here's the deal. This is what would impact you. This is how the deal would impact you, your businesses, your livelihoods, jobs. Do you want this? Or do you want to keep the deal we have now with the European Union, which in my view is the best deal? And then people get a fair say on whether that's what they want to do. What about no deal? Because there's a growing consensus for that as well and a lot of pressure from the Brexit party. Would you put that on the ballot paper? I don't believe there is a growing consensus for no deal. I mean, that's just irresponsible. why, Why do we want to do that to our businesses, our communities? But there's no question that in the election that may come this side of Christmas, there will be a Brexit party punting exactly that line. And the polls suggest they are polling pretty high at the moment. Well, you know, I, I can't be responsible for what politicians lie about, frankly. And that the referendum campaign, the Leave campaign in 2016 was flawed and didn't tell the truth. They lied. So what I want to see is stipulating, setting out exactly what impact will people will feel with a deal, with no deal, um, and by remaining in the EU, which I think is the best deal on the table. Another issue, of course, for Labour, some would say, is your leader, who in many parts of the country just doesn't do well on the doorstep. How do you get around that issue? Look... Whether we have an election, whether we have a referendum, um, people are voting in their 
individual MPs, they will go to the ballot and decide, do they want that MP? What has that MP stood for? And that's what I will be fighting for. That I, I have been clear from day one that I back Remain, I back the deal we have now, and I will do absolutely everything I can to remain at, within the European but Union, still which I think is best for our children's futures. Now, that is what our party line is. Well, your party line, uh, Anna, has your leader not necessarily backing that deal. So th th that's, no, a, that's he, something a lot of people think is quite strange. Not, not backing what deal? The, he, the, the, line, the current Labour Party line is that a deal would be negotiated, there would be a referendum, but it was not certain that the leader of the party, Jeremy Corbyn, would campaign for that deal. No, our party policy is to back Remain. Uh, I can't speak for Jeremy Corbyn. No, but literally he has said that he will not necessarily campaign for that. Well, well, he, he, he will be campaigning for Remain if he's the leader. Then he, Our party policy is Remain. Our Welsh Labour leader, I'm a Welsh Labour MP, our Welsh Labour government is campaigning and supporting Remain. Uh, we all campaign and support Remain. So anything to the contrary is frankly not true. Is Corbyn really a Remainer? You'll have to ask him that. I have no idea. You, you've no idea, but surely you know his history of, of being opposed to the EU? Yeah, but look, people can change their minds. Do you know, in Cardiff North, I have people coming up to me all the time saying, I really regret my vote in 2016 and when I voted leave. I want to have another chance to have a say and vote remain because this is an absolute mess. And I didn't realise, they're saying they didn't realise the impact on this. You know, we do have a brilliant, progressive, democratic institution, which, yes, does have flaws like every institution, but... The best way is by being in it and reforming it from the inside. But a lot of people say your party needs reform on a lot of things, including anti-Semitism and that there's a toxic atmosphere in there. It's not really the right party to campaign on this. To campaign on Remain? Well, it's not a united party on many things, is it? Look, yeah, look, I, I would be the first to uh, uh, say that there are issues that I am campaigning on within the party that I want to see resolved first and foremost absolutely we need to look forward now and say what is best for the country what is best for my constituents in cardiff north and that is remaining as part of the eu bloomberg westminster listen weekdays at noon on dab digital radio in london the countdown has begun from may 14th to 16th a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.